0: Morning, everyone. Pleased to be able to share with you this morning, as I sometimes get the opportunity to. While Pastor is out, he's on vacation, uh, much-needed uh, time away. But he will be back next week, and so we'll look forward to that. I use two of these stands. Usually, I use one if it's only a one-hour message, but it's two if it's a two-hour message. So I'm sure you'll enjoy all two hours of it. I'm kidding. Um, so first of all, I want, to, um, want you to think about someone that you know. And I want you to think about someone that the reason that you know them or that you think about them is because they do some extra things. Sometimes they go what's known as the extra mile. Okay? Can you think of someone in your mind like that? I will give you one example right off the bat because um, our worship team went the extra mile to pull a song out of retirement to, um, at my request, to uh, play the one we just heard, Shout to the Lord. So sometimes people go the extra mile. And then, of course, there are some people that don't go the extra mile. Okay, Now, maybe you encountered someone like that when you were you know, calling a company, you're trying to get them to do something, or you're going through a drive through and maybe they didn't go the extra mile. Um, those things happen from time to time, but it gives you a contrast between those that do the extra and those that don't. And as part of the message today, um, uh, and, and I, one thing I probably should have said is, if you're sitting next to someone that doesn't go the extra mile, don't, like, elbow them or something right now because that would be a little awkward, and you don't want to have that happen. We want peace and tranquility this morning, all right? So, uh, I just saw someone move. Why is that? <laughs> all right. The title of my message is Nothing Compares to the Promise I Have in You, and we're going to talk about that a little later in the message, but first I want to go back and revisit the... Those that go the extra mile on this Memorial Day weekend, it would be remiss of me if I didn't comment on those that have served our country valiantly. And so for those that have served in the armed forces, would you please stand so that we could acknowledge and show appreciation for you? Thank you very much. Let's start our time today with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you for those that have gathered on this holiday weekend. Thank you for those who have served to protect our freedoms that we have, the freedom of worship, the freedom of speech, and so many other freedoms that we enjoy and sometimes take for granted that others who live in other countries just don't have. Father, I thank you for allowing Caring Community Church to be here to minister to the needs of our congregation, and in turn, allow us to be a blessing to those that we interact with. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Amen. The um, company I work for has four offices. We have one office in Grand Rapids, we have one office in New York, one in Louisiana, and one in North Carolina. About 110 employees, about 2 billion in sales, so we've got a lot of people that We've got a few people that do a lot of work, I guess is how I'd say it. Um, and as I think about um, showing appreciation for people, it was reminded this week when an individual who had fought a three-year battle with cancer uh, finally passed away. And one of our, one of my coworkers wrote a tribute about this individual, and I'd like to read a portion of that to you right now. Yesterday was a very sad day for me. Our dear friend and coworker John Caden lost his battle with cancer. John was a very special person and had a profound effect on me long before his personal battle began. John was one of those unique individuals, coworkers, who never seemed to have a bad day. Without fail, John could be counted on to go the extra mile, make a phone call when an email would suffice, Take the time to explain when patience was tested and follow through with unceasing devotion. I commented often that he was the best coworker I'd ever had in 20 years and that his work ethic was an inspiration. When John was diagnosed, he didn't miss a step, continuing his happy demeanor as if every day was a sunny, beautiful day. His enthusiasm was contagious. And he never let his serious personal struggles diminish his capacity for radiating positivity. John taught me volumes about living. In Romans 5.8, the Bible tells us, But God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is just one of the many promises that God has made and kept with us. Talk about going the extra mile He sacrificed his own son While we were still sinners One of the things that I um, Sometimes think about We all have our own memories, right? And so right now I want you to think of a favorite memory Everyone got a favorite memory? Raise your hand if you have a favorite memory How many people didn't understand the question? (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Um, So focus on that favorite memory for just a second, whatever it may be. Actually take a moment, if you will, to reflect on it sometime later today. Maybe thank God for that favorite memory because it is there with you. Some of you may know I'm kind of a sports fan of sorts. Uh, In fact, I took a little bit of harassment this morning for not wearing green when I I walked in, as if I have anything that's green in my closet. (laughs) Um, Anyways, in the sports world, sometimes people say, well, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Now, Mount Rushmore is a national uh, monument in uh, South Dakota, and there are four presidents whose faces are carved into this mountain. The part about Mount Rushmore that works with the sports world is people say, Who's your favorite fill in the blank? Okay, so maybe you say who are the best quarterbacks of all time? Who are the best? Who's the best four best shortstops of all time? It's a way of recognizing people that are, you know, his or um, you know, great experiences or perform at a very high level. Occasionally, you might mu- you could even say, who's who are the four best college basketball coaches that are out there, and just. You know, if someone wants to shout out a name, oh, I see Lindsay's hand in the air. Who do you think that would be, Lindsay? Oh, Tom Izzo. Wow, what a surprise. Okay, we'll put Tom Izzo on the Mount Rushmore of college uh, basketball coaches. But you get my point is that it's a favorite memory or someone that you look up to, someone who has done something to deserve something, and um, usually through accomplishment. Think about that as it relates to your memories. You have three or four memories that are kind of the fabric of your life, and those are ones that you can kind of relate to and always call upon in times of trouble sometimes and also in times of um, you know just feeling good about what 's going on. I want to share a couple uh, uh, stories that I have that are going to focus a little bit on that when my children were younger, uh, Jennifer and Lindsay. I would make it a point to try and get together with them on a somewhat regular basis. And one of these experiences led me to kind of a kind of a unique experience. Um, I would take them out to lunch, tried to do it once a month, probably didn't always happen, but during the school year. So I'd sign a note in the morning, give it to them, pick them up at eleven thirty, we'd go to Arby's or Pizza Hut or McDonald's or wherever we went to. And um, when we did that, we just sit and talk for a little bit. Now I got to remind you that was twenty some years ago. There weren't any cell phones, smartphones. I mean, is it possible to have discussions without having the, that form of technology around? Just a thought. Anyways, uh, Jen and I were sitting there, probably close to the window, and I saw a car pull in, and it just caught my attention. The reason why it caught my attention because the car almost hit my car. You know, you could see a car turning in, and you say, ooh, that's going to be close. It's going to be close. Oops. Didn't see the car move, so must be good. Anyways, see a young guy get out. He's wearing a shirt and tie. Okay, a nice, respectful guy. And then I see the other guy get out. Now, this guy, I've seen his face dozens of times. And I'm thinking, in the Albion McDonald's. And Ryan's not even the manager yet. So this <laughs> occurred 20-some years ago. Anyways... Um, This guy gets out of the car. Now, regardless of your political beliefs, there's only 100 U.S. senators in the country. 325 million Americans, right? 327, I guess, maybe. But there's 100 U.S. senators, and walking into the McDonald's in Albion was Carl Levin. That was kind of a cool experience. Okay? So he... He comes in, you know, give him a couple minutes, and Jen and I walk up, introduce ourselves. We talk to him for a few minutes. He was very gracious with his time, asked us a few questions, and he went on his way with a to-go order. And we went, we went on our, our way with the rest of our day. But that was a memory, and it was created by asking her to go to lunch, by doing something a little bit different than normal. You know, it's the monthly op or the monthly launches that created that opportunity, but the memory is there with us for some time ago. It, and sometimes these memories can be in other forms and fashion. And they don't have to be always Mount Rushmore experiences, but they create memories. Now anyone recognize that? You know, okay, we got some people to play. That's good. So many years ago when Lynn and I were first dating you kind of have that time period of, you know, get to know the family type thing. I was over there on a Thanksgiving. We had dinner. It was great. I didn't fall asleep. And someone suggested, why don't we play Uno? Now, you all know Uno, right? We'll go over a few of the basic rules. Seven cards. First one to get out is the one that wins. Uh If you get down to one card, what do you have to say? No. Okay. And if someone doesn't say that, what do you say? Yeah, didn't call Uno, right? And so what do they get? Another card. Okay, everyone knows the game pretty good. Okay? Well, I knew the game as well. And I thought to myself, you know, this is my opportunity to really show how good I am at playing Uno. <laughs> you know, Some people want to impress families in other ways. I thought to myself, maybe I can impress this way. Um, so, anyways, it's a me- it's a game that's really meant to reward people that pay attention. I think could we sometimes somewhat agree with that? Okay, uh, that's also based upon one condition. That one condition is it is your desire to win the game. Okay, I grew up in what I'd call consider a fairly competitive family. We did a lot of things in a competitive sense. We'd play ping pong against each other. You know, I think my brother enjoyed beating me like 21 to nothing if he could. But um, it was a competitive environment. And as we were getting ready to play this game, me being the somewhat competitive person sizes up the competition. Okay? Got Linda, her mom, her grandmother, two sisters, and me. I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm, it's going to work out okay. But anyways, I wasn't... I didn't know exactly what was going to come uh, from this. Uh, I mean, I'm saying this just self-reported, by the way. I was the third best UNO player in Branch County at the time. I'm not sure where that statistic came from, but I just thought I'd toss it out there for what it's worth. Now, normally you'd play this game two to three games an hour, but that was also predicated on people playing every, you know, three, four, or five seconds, you know, boom, 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 boom. Well... Linda's told me a few times in our marriage that uh, my eyes can have what's called a piercing effect or a, uh, when I want someone to do something, I kind of look at them, and I don't even realize I'm doing it, but in her mind, and I think it's probably true, I'm saying, why don't you play a card? <laughs> Anyways, um, that went on <coughs> for a period of time, and I had an amazing amount of grace and waiting 15 or 20 seconds for people to play a card, and then they might say something like, is it my turn? or um, what was led, um, and I think to myself, uh, I gotta just be a little bit different on this. Naturally, we finished the day playing a game, and I thought I probably should have been awarded a Nobel Peace Prize at the early age of 22 for the patience I deserved, or displayed, in, in that uh, time together. It wasn't a Mount Rushmore experience, but it was a happy memory, and we all have those happy memories that are a part of our lives. God makes promises to us. He makes promises in a variety of ways. Often in stories that we've heard time and time again and we keep hidden in our hearts, they're part of the core beliefs that we often stand behind and help us to get through difficult times. One of these is recorded in uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verses 12 through um 16 and it says and God says this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you a covenant for all generations to come I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds I will remember my covenant between me and you and all the living creatures of every kind never again will the waters become a flood to destroy the earth Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all the living creatures and every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah that day, This is a sign of the covenant I have established between me and all the life on the earth. God made promises hundreds of years ago. Think about that. He made promises hundreds of years ago that are still true today. How many things can you think of that God didn't have his fingerprints on that were true hundreds of years ago today that are still true today? I mean, when you think about promises, you think about commitments, those that have stood the test of time, it's pretty spectacular. You know, sometimes you see something and it takes your breath away. I mean, you see it and you just say, wow, that is really spectacular. A couple weeks ago, it was the 6th of, of May, I was driving to the airport and I saw a rainbow. Now, just by a show of hands, in the last 30 days, how many of you have seen a rainbow? Okay. Lots of hands up. Okay. Some hands that didn't come up. I can't tell you how many rainbows I see in a year's time, but I do know I don't see them every week. So, if you didn't see it this month, just be on the lookout because maybe it's maybe it's going to be your month to see it in the the month of June. It also made me realize how many rainbows I just don't see. You know, they aren't out there when I'm looking, or they're out there and I'm busy, or whatever. I heard a phrase one time, a long time ago, that says, the work will wait while you show the child the rainbow, but the rainbow won't wait while you do the work. And it's true in so much of our lives. That day was my day, <clears throat> and, and my, my comment to you is just keep looking for those rainbows, because that's a special promise that God's created for you. It's one that is just for you. But he said it back in the book of Genesis, years and years and years ago. You know, a lot of this, um, a lot of times I, I like to see rainbows, but I also like to see sunrises. And um, Uh, A lot of this message was really created. Um, Lynn and I go on vacation to Myrtle Beach every so often. It's right on the Atlantic Ocean. And if you get up early enough and it's a nice day, you can see the sunrise. And it's such a cool experience. Um, But I can also tell you I've seen the sunrise when I've been out walking through my neighborhood. And I can see it when I drive to the airport if it's early enough. That is the one thing. you got to be up early to see those things. But it's such a cool experience. Those things... Cost nothing, and they're a reminder to you of some of God's promises. You know, for those that have been here before and have seen me give a message, you'll know that one of my Mount Rushmore experiences or one of my Mount Rushmore favorite stories of the Bible uh, comes from Matthew twenty five, fourteen through thirty. It's the parable of the talents. And um I'd put this on my Mount Rushmore because it's a constant reminder of what's expected of me, of what I've been given and how I need to do more every day. Now, I could sit here and read all the chapters of that, but you've probably heard the story again, so I'll summarize it just a little bit. A master is going away for a, for a period of time, and before they leave, they go to three servants and they say, I'm going to be gone for a period of time and I'm going to give you some things I want you to essentially work on while I'm gone. To one, they give five talents. To one, they give two talents. And to one, they give one talent. So the master leaves town and at once the servants go to work. The one with five goes out and takes those five talents and turns them into a total of ten talents or five talents more. And likewise, the one with two talents goes out and works and turns those two talents into four talents. But the one who has one talent is a little afraid, a little nervous, maybe not confident. They take that one talent and they bury it in the ground. And in time, the master comes back. And just as the master will come to see us, there's an accounting that is expected of those talents. So the one that had five is pleased to say, I've had five and I've made ten out of it and they say well done good and faithful servant and likewise the one that has two says I've made two more and he also hears well done good and faithful servant and finally as you know in the story they get to the last one who says I had one talent I was afraid that you would expect too much and so I buried it in the ground and I kept it there here's your talent back except there's one problem there was an expectation to do something with that one talent. Whether it's one talent, five talents, 20 talents, doesn't matter. The expectation is you'll do something with it. And it didn't end up very well for that person who had one talent and didn't use it. In fact, it ended up very, very badly. It was taken away from him. That talent was taken away. And he was put into darkness where there's a weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a pretty serious reminder of what's expected of us. And sometimes I say the parable of the talents challenges me every day because every day is a new day, and every day I'm expected to make the best I can with what I've been given. In some ways, I call this a check-up from the neck-up, meaning my attitude, my approach, the way I uh, work on the things that I've been given that I need to do something with. I'm challenged with that every, every day. And quite frankly, the master will come back, and he will ask for an accounting of that. You know, Lynn and I have been coming to Caring Community Church for many years. And um, to the best of my knowledge, there has not been a time that from the platform there's been any kind of description or discussion about the movie Top Gun. Okay? Anyone be able to say, yeah, I don't remember that either? Okay. A couple people probably can. So if you haven't seen the movie, which was out, you know, 20-some years ago or more, uh, it's about a fighter, fighter pilot who is trying to become the best of the best. And in this movie Tom Cruise as the fighter pilot has an accident with a F16 plane he is flying. And the accident involves the loss of life of his co-pilot. He feels very guilty about that. And the part of the quote that I'm going to say for the purpose of this discussion today is that he goes to his boss, the commander, and essentially says, what are my options? And the com- and the comment is, a good pilot is compelled to always evaluate what's happened so they can apply what they have learned. And so I ask you today, what have you learned and what have you applied? When it gets back to the parable of the talents, what have you learned and what have you applied? And that's not meant to you know, beat anyone up. That's really meant to say, hey, take a look at yourself and see, see how that's gone for you, okay? And look for ways in which you can keep pushing, because guess what? Today's the first day of the rest of our lives. So if yesterday wasn't so good, make today better. There's a guy I listen to on the radio, at Fairmont, that has a phrase that he uses that I think is pretty good. I don't think he coined it, but he says, the windshield is much bigger than the rearview mirror, and there's a reason for that. You know, looking ahead and looking forward. Which leads me to kind of the home stretch of my message, and this is going to uh, uh, talk about the song that we sang um, some time ago. Lynn and I have been married 34 years, and to celebrate our 15th anniversary, we decided to go to Maui. That was on my bucket list. I always wanted to go to Maui. After a very long flight, we had we got in about 9 o'clock Hawaii time. That's two in the morning here, so kind of a long day. Uh, And as we're checking into our hotel, I asked a question about: Is there a, um, is there an outdoor worship service that Sunday next day? And they said yes, there there was, and it was fairly close to us. And so um, you got to remember and set the scene that we got in at nine o'clock at night. What is it at nine o'clock at night? Dark. Okay. So we didn't see all there was to see like we were going to see the next day. So the next morning we got up and we walked down there. i got to tell you, Maui's is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. And when we walked down to that uh, uh, beachside service, there was a pastor there. There was about 25 other worshipers there, and the pastor's wife uh, was there. He gave a good message. She led the worship using a CD player and a boombox. So it kind of gives you a flavor for the timing uh, some time ago. But there it was the first time that we'd ever heard the song, Shout to the Lord. And so I'd like to have you um, think about those words as I share the environment a little bit with you. It says, My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hand. Forever I'll love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promises I have in you. It was a little bit of a burden to get up that morning to go to that church service. We'd had a long day, could have rationalized it, but we chose to go. And to this day, whenever we hear that song, it reminds us of our experience at Maui. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'd easily sacrifice an hour of sleep, two hours of sleep, if I could have a memory created that would inspire me for 20 years to come. And I'm expecting I'm going to live a little bit longer, so I'll even go beyond that, more than 20 years. The point of the matter is, is that there's really some great opportunities out there, but sometimes you have to go looking for them. Now, as a part of that, um, a few years ago, Linda gave me a picture that hangs in my office, and it was really tied to the song "Shout to the Lord." I don't have a good way to mount this. I probably should do it somewhere. Some, how else? Well, anyways, a little awkward. There you go. How about that? Okay. Anyways, this is a reminder, one of the reminders that that Linda gave me, a very thoughtful gift that reminds me of that time that we had together and that experience that we had in experiencing what we experienced in, in Maui that day. And it's the reminder that nothing compares to the promise I have in you. So I'll leave you with a few challenges. Are you looking each day for a rainbow? You're looking each day for that sunrise, the sunset, something that reminds you of the promises that God made to us hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Are you getting going the extra mile, either yourself or with your family, to create those defining moments that build that foundation for a better, stronger, more memorable times in your life? And finally, is there a song or event that you can point to, that you can think about, that maybe you should make within your mind? What is your shout-to-the-Lord moment? What is that opportunity that you can put on your personal Mount Rushmore? Because everyone's Mount Rushmore is different. We all know that. But these are some of the things that maybe will help to encourage you as time goes on. If we could close in prayer. Father, uh, thank you for this time, and thank you for the influence that Shout to the Lord has had on my life. It's been an encouragement for nearly 20 years. Father, we have our own Shout to the Lord moments, our own Mount Rushmore moments that are out there. Uh, Please help us to recognize those, appreciate them, and celebrate these times. In this I pray, amen.